What's going on, guys? This is Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, or we could talk about anything that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. For those of you that don't know me, I am Pat the Pac-Man. I am owner and dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist for Pac-Man to the Rescue over here in northern New Jersey. What I basically do is I work with dogs. I teach people about dog psychology. I teach them how to understand and communicate dog language. Basically, my job is to train people into becoming knowledgeable dog owners, knowledgeable dog lovers, so they could achieve the goal, which all of us should have as responsible and, and, and loving dog owners and dog lovers is to have dogs that are happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. That is what my mission is. That's what I do. I, my goal, my passion in, is, is in making sure that dogs are happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved, not well-trained, that's for the human side. That's what I do with the humans. I make sure they're well-trained and I make sure that the, they were well-trained enough so that they can make their dogs happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. That's the bottom line. So last this past week has been a little uh, little weird. Had some good cases, you know, had some virtual sessions and some in-person sessions. And um, unfortunately had a little bit of a case where uh, one of the dogs uh, bit a child in the face. And those are always cases that really uh, can go one of two ways. This was this happened to be a new client, so I was not working with them yet. They actually contacted me because this happened. I mean, there were some signs of what took place. They had worked with a couple of trainers, dog trainers, um, you know, with the with the treats and the obedience commands and all that kind of good good stuff. You know, they filled his belly with all sorts of food, but he still wanted to eat the kid. So um, you were a little, little, little dog. Um, I guess like a, like a miniature schnauzer and a, in a, in a, a poodle mix or something like that. I forget exactly, but it was maybe like a 20 pound to 25 pound, uh, 30 pound dog. But um, yeah, little ones, those guys are troublemaker. Uh, little ones give you trouble but too, but um, you know, in these kind of cases, they're, they're, they're hit or miss. I mean, sometimes with my own clients who have these kind of situations um, that I'm already working with, and then I get a phone call, an emergency phone call because this happened, you know, I kind of go two ways with this whole situation because part of it, like in this particular case, this, this past week, you know, this was a case that's, that's, um, you know, I, I don't blame them because they were looking for help. And unfortunately they were getting help in the areas that just was not helping this problem. You know, they were getting a lot of scientific terms and a lot of, again, the treats and, and the obedience commands and a lot of like just the psychology and it was like there were all these complicated terms and you know these people just were they just did not get they just wanted to make sure that their dog was again happy fulfilled and well behaved with their baby and it just made it very complicated and this is the turn of events they were just not given the right tools and the right knowledge and the right information so they were given the wrong information that made the matter worse and then it just capitulated to this so um but sometimes I get very frustrated with, with people that hire me. Um, and then I get the phone call, you know, when something like this occurs and, you know, unfortunately it's because of the fact that they were not following uh, what we, we, we had discussed. They were not doing what was necessary. And when it, we're talking about a dog that bites a child, these are the dogs that unfortunately get put down. And, you know, it's very, very frustrating um, to have to, to have to hear that. But, you know, in this kind of case, these are the kind of people that want to learn that want to do better, you know, that, 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 that want uh, their dog and their children, uh, and themselves and others to be safe, 
you know, and they want their dog to be happy. So they clearly love their dog. You know, they did what a lot of people do. Um, they, they allow, you know, this was a typical case where, you know, these are new dog owners. They didn't know what to do. They relied on, you know, Googling information. They relied on, you know, on, 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 you know, other dog owners, friends or family that, that have experience with dogs, but, you know, like I always say, you could have all the experience in the world. I mean, there's people that I work with that have more experience than I've even been alive, but doesn't mean that they have knowledge of dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had a heart my whole life. It doesn't make me a cardiologist. And if you want, I'll prove it to you right now. Performs heart surgery. You know what I mean? Any volunteers, any volunteers want to show up? I'll do some heart surgery. I mean, how do you guys feel about, about, about that situation? You know, like when somebody um, asks you for advice, I mean, you know, you may think, you know, like you guys, you know, give advice or you, you know, especially with the case like this, do you give like suggestions? Because, you know, I see a lot of people that just give suggestions, like even on Facebook groups and it's so it's always the same thing, you know, just the treats and the obedience command, make them sit and all that. Right? You know, this is, these are loaded guns when they're wanting to go after a person, especially a child, you know, they're low hanging fruit. They're like face to face. That's why most kids get bitten in the face because they're right there. You know, and it's very, very frustrating when, when you, you know, the information um, that you give doesn't help. It actually makes matters worse. So, you know, I would love to hear some, uh, some ideas of what you guys do. If somebody comes to you and asks for advice on a case like this, do you give advice, even though you have no, you know, exact knowledge? I mean, you know, you may have had a child, you may have had a dog, but it doesn't mean that you're in that situation. It doesn't mean that you know how to fix that problem period. You know, sometimes based on the personality of the dog, those techniques do work. Sometimes those problems don't, don't, don't even arise because of the specific personality of the dog. But, you know, it's important to understand that you can't give advice based on a situation when you don't have the proper knowledge. You know, like I would never go to, you know, the butcher and ask him for you know, real estate advice, unless he's like a real estate guru. I mean, if he has like, you know, a massive amount of real estate, you know, I'm going to go to him and say, how, how do I get rich with real estate? You know, that's, that's what I want to know. But, you know, you got to go to somebody who truly knows. And these people were actually from this past week, these people are actually smart because they looked for help. But unfortunately, the, like I said, you know, the information, um, they got just didn't help. So they started off by doing what everybody says, you know, use the treats. And then the trainers came into the same kind of stuff. So I commend them for two reasons. And I would love to hear your feedback on this as well. You know, um, most people in these kind of cases, they either just give her the dog or they put the dog down, you know? And um, I don't know if you guys have had any experience. What do you guys think about that? Like, have you guys had any experience with these kind of situations? And uh, what have you done? You know, do you know some people that have been in the situation? What have they done? I would love to hear what your experiences are with that. Um, and what's your opinion? What is your opinion on if a, if a dog bites a child? Do you try to fix it? Do you get rid of the dog? Do you put him down? Do you try and try and try like these people? I mean, I'm number three here. Uh, and they already saw a difference because, you know, we establish direction boundaries and limits as opposed to just playing games with the, with the treats and stuff. You know, we establish leadership, hierarchy of authority. That's what was missing. You know, they were like dumbfounded. They were like, well, you know, we, we thought that it was supposed to be, you know, hugs and kisses. Now, nah, you know, well, we're letting him know the dog, meaning we're letting him know that he's not, you know, getting uh, pushed aside, that he's killed getting all the attention. That's the problem. Like he was already spoiled with attention and people say this stuff to, to them, you know, well, you know, he probably feels and, you know, 
it's, it, you, you got to know what, what advice you're giving people, you know? And so my recommendation is always, and again, you guys tell me what you feel about this. Do you want to, do you give advice when you really don't know for sure? Or do you just give your opinion? Because there's a different, there's a difference here, you know, giving your opinion of what they should do or stating facts of what they should do. So, you know, when people give their opinion of what they should do, unfortunately, you know, this is what it creates. And it's like a 50, 50 shot, you know, again, depending on the personality, will they go down the wrong path or will they not? It depends. So, you, you know, you, again, you're flipping a coin on which if you do the, if you're flipping a coin as to um, what the end result will be. On the other hand, if you do the right thing right off the bat and you understand the psychology, understand the communication and you establish direction, boundaries and limits, then you'll never have a problem regardless of the personality. Everything will be smooth. So it's very important to have that. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Or do you want to just spoil your dog and that's it? You know, um, some people want to do that. They just want to spoil their dog and then they deal with the consequences. But what do you guys think about that? Tell me how you feel about establishing direction, boundary limits, because at the end of the day, it's all about safety, human safety, dog safety. That's really the bottom line. And these dogs are the ones that pay the dogs are the ones that pay the price. And um, have you know, you know, have you guys ever been through this situation personally? Do you know somebody who's been through these situations and how did they deal with it? How did you deal with it? Um, you know, these people, I commend them. You know, they did not give up. They love their dog. They're willing to put in the, they, they realized that there was something that needed to be done. They just didn't know what it was. And they also realized that they weren't getting what they needed to fix this problem. So now we're on the right track. So um, as long as they continue to follow the protocol, as long as they continue to follow the rules, then this is going to be happy ending, you know, for everybody. And unfortunately, like I said, I get very, very frustrated. I mean, when people just don't follow that and they go back and they revert back to their old habits, that's kind of like what you got you here. And then your child pays the price and then the dog pays the price. And it's just, it's just not a healthy situation. So um, that's my personal opinion because a dog child relationship could be beautiful, but we have to understand again, the psychology of a dog, you know, they can't be best friends without a hierarchy of authority, without leadership. Can they be best friends along with understanding that their the child is still a in, in that leader role, in that pack leader, in that authority figure status? Absolutely. That's kind of like the whole point of the relationship of human dog, whether it's child, still a human, you know? The children are just under the, the, the hierarchy, under the leadership, under the, the authority of the parents. That's why when I, I say to people, you can't uh, let your child you know, correct your dog, you have to set the tone. And then you just have to make sure that your child does what's necessary. And you have to protect the child from the dog and the dog from the child. You know, they both need directions, bounds and limits, you know, so this way, they don't become equals, they don't become, you know, friends, they don't become playmates. Is that part of the equation? Absolutely. But if it's only the equation, then you're running a risk, you know, will the dog correct the kid? If the kid does something that the dog don't like? Absolutely. Will the dog claim the child as their own, like a female, especially female dogs will claim a child as their own. And then they'll, you know, either correct them or protect them. This is all part of the problem. You know what I mean? So it, it's, that's our relationship too, as adults is everything in balance, everything in proportion. We want our dogs to be, you know, um, our friends, but on top of that, we have to be authority figures first, then friends second. It's almost like a boss employee relationship. You know, so you can be friends with your with your with your employees, but there has to be an understanding 
that I'm your boss first, you know, like, like a parent child relationship. And I grew up in a world where I'm your father, I'm your mother. We could be cool. Otherwise I'll smack you in the face, you know, I'll kick you in the ass, you know, that's different times. And that's how it's supposed to be. Respect, trust, respect, you know, love. It's the trifecta. So we'd love to hear you guys, what your guys' opinion is on, on that about, you know, relationship, human dog. And, uh, you know, whether you guys agree with that theory, whether, you know, whether or not you guys believe that that's how it should be. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. So I'm, so, I'm sure that uh, as this podcast has been going on, for those of you that had the pleasure of uh, viewing my beautiful face over here, um, that you're noticing that there's a little bit of a different dog hanging on our little pet board, or I'm not sure what to call this thing, but we'll call it a pet board for now. We'd love to hear some suggestions of what we're going to call this. But this is the first shout out to our first dog. This is Cooper. Isn't he cute? He's got two different color eyes. That's Cooper right there. Um, on our pet board, shout out to Cooper. And let me just give you guys a little information on, on Cooper here. I have my little notes. Cooper is a three-year-old Australian shepherd mix. He's a, his favorite toy is the Frisbee. He can catch it in midair every time. And sometimes he speaks to me like a, how Huskies do. So I was going to say that, like, you know, you know, this is, this dog is, uh, is Matt dog, Matt's dog. He's actually a client that's become uh, quite a friend, a uh, really, really good guy. I'm going to talk about him in a second, but um, you know, he's definitely part Husky because he's, you know, he's got the two different color eyes, but even his behavior, even just his look, you could tell that he's got some Husky in there. Um, Matt also says that he loves uh, to roll over and he stops barking on command, uh, but he's actually very quiet since he became his dog. You know, he used to run around barking at every noise all day long in the old house where he used to be. So Matt actually uh, adopted uh, Cooper from his uh, his ex-girlfriend's parents who were where I actually met his girlfriend's parents and him the first time through a rescue that I'm affiliated with. And they asked me to, to help them out with Cooper because he was a little uh, a little rambunctious. He was uh, biting the owners a little bit and he was a little bit of aggressive side stemming from just being spoiled rotten. So um, when I met everybody, you know, the family that he was in just weren't the kind of people that were going to follow the rules. They were just going to go back doing their own thing. And then eventually they decided they just wanted to give him up. And my buddy Matt over here took him over and uh, him and his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend now took him. And I commend Matt, let me tell you, because even after him and his girlfriend broke up, he kept Matt. And uh, I work with Matt. I, I tutored him and I taught him what he needed to do. And he busted his ass. And, you know, Cooper and him are like best buddies and Cooper is on his best behavior. I mean, look at that buddy's face. Look at that boy's face. I just want to kiss it. You know, he's he like I said, he showed aggressive tendencies. You know, he would snap at people. Um, it was more like a dominant behavior on, on his part. It wasn't that no fear or nervousness at all. It was more just a dominant behavior. You know, he was used to getting his own way and he had that like, dominant personality, you know, very energetic, obviously being an Australian shepherd and a, uh, an Australian, yeah, an Australian shepherd. And at, again, I'm pretty sure he's a Husky. So, um, you know, so I commend Matt on, on everything. So Matt, great job. Say give good Cooper a kiss for me. But on that topic of Australian Shepherds and Huskies, you know, I want to touch up on a little bit of, of, uh, of exercise for these guys, because one of the reasons why um, Cooper was having a problem with his old family was because they were not physically or mentally stimulating him. They were not physically or mentally draining the, the, uh, the energy. And on top of the fact that there was no direction, bounds, and limits in place. So our magic formula of work rules and then reward was just simply rewards. And he just ran the house. It was just chaos in that house anyway. But 
you know, when it comes to like these kind of breeds, shepherd dogs and herding dogs and huskies, you know, these dogs have jobs, they have specific jobs. So herders and shepherds, they round up the cattle, round up the sheep. Huskies are pullers, you know, so they need a lot of physical slash mental stimulation. And um, just a couple of advice. I don't know if, you know, anybody out there that has uh, shepherds, husky, a cattle dog, shepherds, or uh, huskies would love to hear some, um, some of the things that you guys do to drain the energy and to, to physically and mentally stimulate them along with, I would love to see some pictures. So hit some of those comments down below over here. Cause uh, we'll love to hear all that stuff and uh, send some pictures and love to see those guys as well. But um, yeah, so th there's a couple of suggestions that, that I always have when it comes to uh, how to do so properly. Cause yes, you could take them on walks. Obviously that's the easiest way to do it. Take them on runs. That's a great way to do it. But some of these dogs just need additional physical and mental stimulation. So two things that I, I like to actually three things that I always recommend to these kind of dogs that have a, a high level of energy to drain that energy is give them a job. So three suggestions. Number one is agility courses. So you could do even, you don't have to go to a place that has agility course pieces, like professional agility course pieces. You can make shift your own, you know, you could buy some cones, you could get some PVC pipes and, and create them, you know, just use your own household. You could use benches and tables, you know, buy hula hoops and, 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 and tunnels. You don't have to buy or go specifically to a place that has agility, but you could create your own. And agility course is a phenomenal, phenomenal way to drain energy, especially for cattle dogs and herding dogs. Because you got to remember, you know, these guys are, are herding cattle and sheep. And unless, you know, you live on a farm where you have access to that, you're not going to get it. So the, the, the agility course really does a great job in draining and fulfilling those instincts, because that's the other key is to fulfill those instincts that they have to fulfill those needs that these dogs have to drain that mental and that physical energy and to fulfill what it is that they, they, uh, they're, they're meant to be and what they're meant to do. So agility course is one. And even for Huskies, it's a great, great activity. Uh, the second one is taking them on walks and or runs and using a backpack. You know, using a backpack is phenomenal. It's easy. It's quick. You know, you put it's like it's more like a saddle. It just goes around the, the body of the of the dog uh, and you just put some weight plates. You know, you put some weight plates in it. You could put uh, jars. I've seen people put bottles of water. I mean, you can put whatever you want. Obviously, the size of your dog and the, the energy level of your dog is going to dictate how much weight. Don't overdo it. You know, make sure that you're, you know, use common sense when it comes to it. Start off small and just, you know, increase it from there as, as you see the need um, for them to. Uh, you know, if, if you see, see the need for them to, to carry more weight, to drain more energy, if you see that's too easy, then obviously you want to stack it up a little bit more, but just use common sense with that. Uh, you know, you could put some like pizza and calzones and, and ispatine, arancine. you could put all sorts of food in there and just pull it out and just eat it as you're going along. Feed your dog some too, you know, a little ispatine. Mm. I'm Italian. We talk about food all the time. You know, arancine are rice balls, by the way. My mom and my brother-in-law make them phenomenal. Mm, Sicilian family, arancine, belle, belle, belle fritte, mangiasserui, mm, whatever. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, okay. So, so yeah. So you can put whatever you want in there um, to to uh, to to weigh that that backpack down. Uh, and then the third uh, suggestion is treadmill. You know, the treadmill. You want to make sure that you teach your dog. Uh, how to walk on the treadmill properly. And if you guys want to learn more about that, let me know, hit some comments down below and let me know uh, what you guys think about that. But uh, you walking on a treadmill is excellent. I've rehabilitated, especially being a Husky like Cooper is or part Husky. 
treadmill is amazing. It does such a great job. Um, I've worked with a few Huskies and using the treadmill has been just a blessing um, because, you know, they want to go, they want to run. So most of the problems that I've had with some of the Huskies that I work with was that as soon as the doors open, pew, they take off. And then the owner is in the car. I'm like, I'm not going to get a corriendo, corriendo. He's in the car running, chasing after um, the dog, the gadget, because they just take off. You know, they're down the street. Boom. And then you'll never see them again. So they have to go chase them down. And the treadmill kind of fulfills though that, that those instincts, those needs to just go, you know. And uh, like I said, you know, if you guys want to learn more about treadmill backpacks or agility course, put some comments down below. Let me know. Uh, also, let me know if you guys have cattle dogs, herding dogs, and huskies. What do you guys do? You know, do you use mental? any kind of like mental activities. I mean, I have a few ideas when on the mental side, but this is just a few suggestions from the physical side. But what do you guys use? Those of you guys that have uh, huskies, cattle dogs, and herding dogs or mixes like Cooper is, what do you guys use to, um, to drain the physical energy to fulfill those needs? Are you doing anything? If you're not, there's a couple of ideas for you. Now, having a dog is, 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 is a responsibility, you know what I mean? So we're talking about, like, for example, you know, a dog that bit a person, a, a child in the face. And we're talking about a dog like Cooper who um, had some aggressive tendencies. And, you know, when it comes to like Cooper, I believe based on what was happening, uh, because, you know, obviously after a while, you know, we had lost touch. And then Matt ended up contacting me because he, you know, he told me he had adopted Cooper from the family and he was working with him and he needed some help. But we had lost touch for a while. And, you know, the talk was that they were trying to send them to a rescue, the rescue again, or there was talks of even having them put down. That's why Matt stepped in and kind of, you know, took over and took him, you know, because he knew that that Cooper was not, um, you know, you know there, there was hope for him. They just weren't doing what was necessary. They weren't fulfilling his needs and not providing what Cooper needed. Um, much like, you know, the, the, the dog that bit the child in the face was not being provided what they what the dog needed. So, um, you know, it takes it takes a lot. Of responsibility to do so and i commend the people that actually are willing to take that uh that that understand that and they're willing to put the effort in so like for example with like like matt or you know with with the family um of the little dog you know they're changing their ways they're putting in a lot of effort you know it's kind of like what i did when when i adopted socks and i had to deal with so much crap i mean you know it was a lot of work you know i mean I have to thank Socks for this because, you know, he helped me find my passion in teaching people. And the reason why I love teaching people about, about dogs and what dogs need is because that's really the source of how we provide for our dogs is by knowing what they need, want, and desire. You know, we have to provide them more than just what we think they want, which is the treats and the affection. No, it's more than that, you know? And sometimes it takes a lot of effort. Like, you know, I remember with socks, for example, I was, and I'm not a morning person. When I get up in the morning, I am as cranky ass. Oh my God. Are you guys morning people? Are you guys night people? Night people, you're my people. Morning people, mm. I'm grumpy ass in the morning, you know, I drink a cup of coffee. I just started recently drinking coffee just because I need to wake up the older I get. Just got to, you know, anyway. So, yes, I'm not a morning person. Never was. But when I adopted socks, I had a full time job. I wasn't doing uh, the dog, the dog job yet. I wasn't a dog rehabilitation specialist or a dog trainer uh, back in the day. I didn't mind being called a dog trainer, but I was up at four o'clock in the morning walking him for an hour and a half. I would come home from lunch for lunch walk him for another hour and a half at night, walk him for another hour and a half, three times a day, an hour and a half each time. 
that wasn't even enough. I had a dog walker come three days a week for an hour, took him to the dog park at least three times a week, work with him in the house with mental stuff. Oh, my, don't even remind me how, how crazy those days were. But, you know, I put in the effort to make him the way he is. And by doing so, he unlocked this, this, this magic, you know, he unlocked this passion for teaching people, you know, it's about training people, not training dogs. You know, the more we focus on training people, but we got to train people with the right information, giving them the right knowledge. If we focus on treating dogs and teaching dogs by giving them nothing that makes them dogs and taking away their dogness by using a lot of words, a lot of talking, you know, a lot of, a lot of bribery, a lot of commands. I mean, that stuff is just not real dog communication. It does not do anything. If we're trying to make them, um, if we're trying to apply a lot of like scientific terms, a lot of legal terms, all this, all this, all this crap, it doesn't apply to dogs. We're not, we're not giving a dog, and we're not treating a dog as what they are. We're not respecting their dogness. Does that make sense? I mean, you guys tell me because there's a lot of, um, there's, it's like a warfare between understanding. It's, it, there's a lot of warfare between those that believe in a hierarchy of authority and those that don't believe in it, that just spoil their dogs and treat them like, like babies, like robots. Like, like you know, you, you say a word and they're supposed to just do something like, like on command, again, like a computer. You push a button and they're supposed to do something. It doesn't make sense. They have a, a brain. They have a, a way of being. And we need to treat them like that. We need to respect that. We need to understand. And that's why my passion in, um, in training people and teaching people. But unfortunately, that's not what a lot of people want, you know? And so it's unfortunate because there's some people like Matt and like the family with the dog from this week that want to learn they want to do better by for their dog they want to know what they did that caused this or they want to know and or they want to know how to fix it those are good people those are are are, are, are true dog lovers you know those are knowledge are going to become knowledgeable dog lovers they care about the well-being of their dog to make them happy fulfilled and well-behaved i mean do you guys agree with that i mean or is it just me that just thinks why, why don't, why can't we respect their dog, a, a dog's dogness? That's why we love dogs to begin with. You know, they're different than people. So why are we doing things like a person? It doesn't make sense. And it clearly doesn't work. You know, it clearly doesn't work. So why are we bothering with that? I mean, I understand that love and caring is necessary, but it's part of the equation. It's not the whole equation. Most dogs go down the wrong path because they're, they're spoiled they're missing the work, they're missing the rules, and they get reward. So, you know, thanks to Socks, you know, he he kind of like showed me the path. And I didn't, I wasn't a dog lover, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't even an animal lover, you know what I mean? I was afraid of dogs till I was 28 years old, for God's sakes. And, and, and what I love more than anything about, about the way um, I'm doing things and the way our business is run is that we focus on teaching people how to understand their dogs. It's more than teaching dogs to perform tricks. It's more than teaching dogs how to respond on command. And there's a lot of different philosophies with it. And I would love to hear you guys, your, your opinion, hit them down in those comments. So, you know, we could talk about them on a separate podcast. What do you guys think about, you know, 
which 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 side of the road are you on? You know, what's your opinion on you know dog training? What's your opinion on dog psychology? Like, what do you want? What is your ultimate goal? Again, for me, my ultimate goal is for my dog to be happy, fulfilled, and well behaved. Now, treats don't do that. Okay, obedience commands don't do that. It doesn't happen. So, what do we need to provide our dogs? You know, how do we need to be different in order to make our dogs happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved? That's the key. So, you know, it's it's important to to have an understanding, and that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about about training people, and um, you know, of of constantly growing and improving. And, you know, one of the things that that's happened um, this past week, which was kind of like a little enlightening to me is that I kind of forgot about the three things that, uh, basically what this podcast is all about and really what my, what my career path is all about, which is to teach, inspire, and entertain. Remember, I'm a clown. I like to entertain. I talk Sicilian. You know, I like to, you know, I like to have fun. I like to just laugh and be a, be a goofy goofball. And, but I love to be an inspiration to people because at the end of the day, people are the ones that need, um, people are the ones that are going to save the dog. People are the ones that are going to care for the dogs. And some, some dogs, they'll continue to live, but they'll live with psychological imbalances, with psychological suffering. Some dogs will get perked down. Some dogs will get returned. You know, I'm trying to step in and be the hero by providing the knowledge and the inspiration and the support to the people. And when I started doing this podcast, that was my goal is to teach, inspire, and entertain on a different level. Now, when I'm in front of people on a one-on-one, whether it's virtual or in person, you know, my personality is the same, except I'm feeding off of the personality in the other end. And some people need to be, I need to be really tough with. Some people need to be put in their place and some people need to be built up, you know, um, I have a, there's a show that I really, really enjoy. Uh, it's called Bar Rescue. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but the reason why I started watching the show um, and, you know, I'd love, I'd love to hear your, um, if you guys are, are fans of the show, I've seen the show, love to hear some comments about what you guys think of the show and, 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 and John Taffer, the guy that, that runs the show, that does the show there, um, host the show, whatever the term is, but love to hear your comments on that and your opinions on the show and all that. But um, the reason why I started watching the show in the first place was because I realized how what he says is that the, the bars that he rescues that need to be rescued lack leadership. Now, this is a whole other story. We're going to get to that in a second, you know, on another podcast, where we'll go more into depth on that. But the reason why I bring up the, the bar rescue is because, you know, John Taffer goes in there and he's a hard ass. I mean, he's screaming and cursing and just, just being tough, like, like, like mean almost, you know? And, um, I was, I watched this show and it's basically just always the same style. Now, I don't know if this has anything to do with just ratings. If it has anything to do, I I don't exactly know, but regardless of the fact, the one thing that I, that I thought about was how sometimes, you know, he's got to like take things back because he, he said the wrong thing. He didn't realize that he was yelling at the wrong person because there was another side to the story, you know, and sometimes like he's dealing with somebody who's just so weak and that, you know, it's almost like he's burying them even more. I understand that. Um, 
So I, I don't agree with the whole thing of how that's being handled because in my job, and maybe just that job is just different. You know, he's got to come in there and just be a hard ass all the time. When it comes to me and working with dogs or more, more, more than anything, it comes to working with people for their dogs. I'm an inspiration and a support system for these people. You know, I'm a guide, I'm a role model, you know, I'm a hero to a certain extent. Um, but in, in a way I come in to help them, to help them. Right. Um, and because, you know, my, my role and what my passion is, is to teach people, I need to be inspiration. I need to be a support system and I need to, and I've done this a million times, especially on a one-on-one -on -one basis, because I'll read my, my, the client that I'm in front of. And even if it's multiple, I'll see which one, you know, has to be built up. I'll see which one has to be brought down a notch. Cause that's usually sometimes what happens is let's say like husband and wife, one's too tough, one's too weak. So we got to like balance that out. And while I was doing this podcast, I found myself being a little bit more, a lot more than what I want to be in general. One of my friends pointed out as she was watching the podcast and she said, you're not the same person when you're doing the podcast. And I didn't really play much into it or think much about it. We talked about it a little bit. But then I went back and I started watching a few of them. And what I realized that I was gravitating away from being an inspiration and I was becoming more of a bully. I was becoming more of the person that was beating people down. And I wasn't the one that was bringing people up. Now, I do understand where that was coming from somewhat because I'm very passionate about this. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I know that dogs, any dog can be saved, any dog can be rescued, as long as the owners are willing to put in the work and to do what's necessary. So that's one of the reasons I'm such a hard ass when it comes to getting this stuff done. Pero, John Pero, but there's a but. Um, so there's an understanding as to why I'm, I, be, I, become, I became like that. And obviously doing a podcast where I have nobody to feed off of, it became a little bit more of a fire. So I realized how I was becoming and, and beating people down and just fighting them before they had an opportunity to ask for help. You know, when somebody comes to you for help, they're either looking for guidance, support, or they're looking for you to fix their problems. Number Or on the other side of it, they're looking for you to do the work and they don't give a rat's ass about it. So the people that I like, that I choose to work with, and most of the people that choose to work with me are the ones that like understand that that's what I do. Those are the people that understand that my job is to support them, is to build them up, right? So while doing these podcasts, I found the situation where I was just too tough. You know, I was making fun of people. I had become, instead of being the hero, I was becoming the villain. And I, I was attacking more than supporting. I was bringing people down more than inspiring them. And I'm, again, I'm not sure why that happened, but the bottom line is that that's not going to happen anymore. It's not going to happen anymore. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. And, you know, I wore my cross today and, you know, it's, this is my, my, one of my crosses, it's uh, it's wood. Um, because I wanted God to be with me this today. Cause I kind of like went off the, the, I came off the path a little bit and we're back on the path, you know, to teach, inspire and entertain. I don't want anybody to feel that they're wrong 
unless they are wrong. And um, what I want is I want people to understand that there is hope. I want people to know that you are you can fix yourself and you can fix your dog. Basically, what, what I'm trying to get to with all this is to understand that my passion is in training people. And in order to train people, I have to be understanding of the fact that I'm here to build them up. I'm not here to bring them down. And I feel and I know that that's what I was doing. You know, I'm always listen. I'm always going to be a hard ass with this. This is my passion. It's I'm Sicilian. You know, I'm flamboyant. You know, we're here to have fun. But I want you to understand that this this is what this platform here is for you guys to know that you're going to be getting a lot of knowledge. You're going to be getting a lot of support, emotional support, and you're also going to be having fun with it. And, you know, for those of you guys that have been that have been following this podcast since we started in January, um, I want to know your opinion on it. I want to know how you feel about, you know, how I was and how I've been becoming how what I became or um, let me phrase that what I was becoming or what I was doing. It was almost like it was a like a double personality. And that's that's done. You know, this is the personality. Um, I'm here to teach, inspire and entertain. And we're going to do that. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to have I'm, I'm still not going to curse and, you know, lay into it at some point? Yeah, because unfortunately, my job is to protect the dogs and those dogs need to be protected from certain types of humans, but not all humans. You know, not all humans are stupid. Not all humans are douchebags. Not all humans are lazy. Not all humans are clueless. Not all humans are um, unwilling to put in the effort. There are humans like my man, Matt with Cooper, right? Family from today or from this past week. Um, there are people that are willing to do that. Some people aren't, you know, some people are looking for help. And, you know, unlike the bar rescue situation, I don't want to come in and be a hard ass unless I have to, you know, uh, I don't want to come in and intimidate anybody or demean anybody or put anybody down. You guys are dog lovers. And my job is to make you knowledgeable dog lovers. That's what my job is. And we're going to get that done. That's going to get done. Um, so, you know, I want to, I want you to, I want to apologize for uh, being disrespectful to those people that are looking for help. Um, I'm a big believer in, in CNA, which I believe is a, is a term co coined by uh, Tony Robbins, which is C-N-E-I, uh, constant stands for constant, never-ending improvement. Listen, we're all humans. We're all fallible creatures here, and um, including me. I know, shocker, me, toporo, me. <laughs> yeah, we're all, uh, you know, we all, you know, we all have our, our moments, and this job is fun. You know, having found my purpose in life after being so miserable, being a financial advisor, this is what I'm meant for. This is what God made me for. And sometimes we get off the path, right? And we try to become something different. And that's really what happened to me. It was I'm trying to become like a different persona. I'm not the villain. I'm the superhero, okay? And I'm Captain America. Brr, a little smaller, but... Uh, just as good looking though, right? Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of superheroes, I'd love to hear about super. I mean, I'm a huge Captain America guy, you know. I mean, and the ending, the fight scene from Endgame is by far my favorite, favorite, favorite of all time. You know, Infinity War um, was a much better movie, no, no question about it. But um, 
you know, the ending to end game was just kick ass. You know what I mean? So love to hear your, what you guys write down some, some of those comments on which team you're on Iron Man, you know, Thor, whatever. Um, I'm a huge Captain America fan. If you guys, you know, like Superman, Batman, though, that side of the, you know, that's I've gravitated to the Captain America side. That's my guy. In fact, I was so, you know, so upset when he's gone, but I was so happy he wasn't the one who died. But anyway, love to hear your opinions on, on that. And um, yeah. So Captain America, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we talked about one of the other podcasts when I was trying to grow my hair like a Captain America from uh, Infinity War and then another time from from Endgame. So yeah, I'm one of those those idiots that tries to copycat, but it didn't work out. So this is the hair that, that I'm, I'm, I'm my own little superhero hairstyle here. So hopefully somebody will start copycatting that. But, um, you know, we'll love to hear what you guys have to say about that. You know, which, what, you, what you guys think about those superhero movies, the Marvel side, the DC side, you know, what your favorite captain, what your favorite superhero is and why, you know, I love Captain America just because of the fact that he, you know, he stands for something. And that's kind of like why, you know, I wanted to get into this topic. I mean, I was toying with the knowledge of should I just skip over it and just change my way and just, but, you know, I wanted to confront it, you know, as part of, as part of the constant ever enduring improvement. Um, I wanted to confront it. I wanted to, to be out in the open and honest and direct about it so that, you know, I feel better about it. You know, it's almost like very therapeutic and um, I feel good about it, you know? So that's why I, I put it out there. And that's why I love Captain America. He's just, he does, he does what's right regardless. And he had to be put through some shit, but you know, he was, he's strong will those will his, his emotional strength is just incredible. And that's really what, what I admire about, about Captain America. And one of the reasons why I like the character, but um, again, you guys have your opinions, put some comments on that. Let's talk about superheroes a little bit. I told you barking for balance, baby. We talk about anything and everything. So superhero movies are inspirational. I mean, they're entertaining, so it's all good. Um, I wonder what the Sicilian, a Sicilian superhero would be, you know, a little Sicilian name, like, I don't know, Facciata, I don't know. We have to think about that, but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so love to hear about your, some of your comments on, on, on what we talked about and um, about everything, you know, about any questions that you guys might have. So yeah, guys, so, uh, you know, let me share some stories, share some dog stories, some personal stories, some, you know, work stories. I mean, any kind of thing I would love to hear. We could, uh, we could talk about a little bit and uh, share some photos, share some photos of your pets. It doesn't have to be dogs. It could be anything. Listen, I have a zoo, different, uh, different, different animals, different pets. So we'd love to hear some of those and uh, see some of those. And that's what we could talk about it on one of the next uh, podcasts. So that'd be kind of cool, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, I am Pat the Pac-Man. This is Barking for Balance. Catch you guys next time. Shout out to my man, Cooper and Matt. Peace out.